Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode's with Mickey Kennedy, who's the founder of e-releases. We're talking about how do you get more exposure for your business through press releases. This was an awesome episode. It was a topic that I don't think we've had covered on the podcast before, and it's certainly to bring you some good advice for your business today. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Sitting down with Mickey Kennedy today, who's the founder of e-releases, we're going to be talking about releasing press releases for your business. We're going to be talking about when is the right time to do that? How do you do that the right way? And more importantly, is your business in the spot where it actually needs something like that? You may, you may actually need that and not realize you need it. We're going to be talking about how you as a small business owner, as a startup, or even as an author, why you need press releases and how you can get them done the right way. Mickey, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Now, of course, we got we to gotta settle some issues here because I saw in your bio, you have two cats. I'm more of a dog person. I have a tough time with cats, uh, but it sounds like I need to give cats another chance. Perhaps. Uh, the thing I like about them is they, they, they have their own life and occasionally they will interact with us and uh, we feel blessed when they do. You know, I've heard that as like a definitely a common perk for cats is like they can survive on their own. But my dog, it's like as soon as I walk out of the bedroom, it's like, what are we doing today? What's going on today? And you're kind of like, okay, just let me get my coffee first. So... Well, Mickey, it is so great to have on the podcast today. I have to admit, I haven't ever had someone on the podcast with your expertise. And I'm really excited to, you know, the, the nature of the podcast is called the Good Advice Podcast because we're helping business owners understand things that maybe they haven't thought about before, maybe something they haven't considered. And it feels like press releases is something that falls into that category. When you think about getting more visibility for your business, a lot of times people go to, um, you know, paying for ads, uh, uh, you know, social media postings, things like that. Talk to me a little bit, first of all, about what is e-releases and why did you start it? Okay. So uh, around 25 years ago, when I was in grad school, I uh, was working for a startup and I had to send out press releases through fax. And so I was programming a fax machine with a hundred numbers, mm -hmm. uh, hitting send, waiting all day, and then the next day deleting those numbers <laughs> and putting another 80 or 90 numbers in because our media list was 180 or 190 at the time. And uh, I, I started to get calls from journalists saying, we received 
we were publishing statistics and they're like, we received this. Is there any way you could email it to us as a word document so we could copy and paste some of the numbers? And so light bulb went off and said, emails, the future of, of, you know, this not faxing. And so I, I started uh, building a database of journalists on um, that day, uh, reaching out to them, asking them if they'll send, uh, accept releases by email. Most uh, 23 years ago said yes. And we launched uh, after about a year uh, with uh, almost 10,000 journalists in our database. And we've just been you know, doing that ever since. Uh, at one point, PR Newswire reached out to us and said, hey, you should also send your releases over the Newswire through us. And I was like, well, my customers are paying two to $400 and you're charging over a thousand to go out nationally. I don't see how it's going to work. So um, I met with them. We saw that they have a uh, editorial team overnight that isn't doing very much, but they have to be there in case there's breaking news. And so we said, uh, we'll schedule all of our releases for next day so that you can work on those without any additional labor. And so we created a win-win and now all of our releases go out um, uh, custom national through PR Newswire, as well as still going out through email to uh, subscribing journalists. And, and that was sort of the impetus for it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's been uh, a whirlwind of change. I remember when bloggers started to become part of the uh, the media landscape, and now in our fashion trades, we're finding uh, people on Instagram are as influential as uh, fashion trade publications. So it's just uh, really getting more interesting out there, and a lot more uh, opportunities for people to to reach influencers of all different types. Do you find yourself being more and more optimistic in terms of, or I guess maybe open-minded on, because I mean, let's think about this, that your story started with a fax machine. I, I don't know anyone who has a fax machine anymore, by the way, um, other than just like businesses that have just been around and maybe they haven't updated their office. But it, it's rare that I, I think I haven't sent a fax in probably over five years. Um, yeah, I remember I used to send things for like document signatures, you know, all that's online now. Sure. You know, so you've seen the fax machine sort of come and go, um, email being sort of the new thing. You mentioned blogging, now Instagram. I mean, it feels like you're living in a world where as things come and go, I can't imagine that you're anything but optim uh, open-minded to what could be next. Yeah. I mean, I really think that the future is going to be video. Um, you know, Facebook's already announced that they expect that by, I think, 2022 or 2023, that almost all of someone's newsfeed will be video rather than uh, text wow. or anything like that. So I, I do see that as a natural progression. What that means for a press release company, I'm not sure yet, but <laughs> I'm along for the ride and we'll that see what next, happens. That was my next question, actually, was what does that mean? Um, yeah. yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, will the customers have to come up with a video version of their press release? Or is it that the press release will still uh, exist electronically, but it may be turned into rather an article, a video feature? Mm -hmm. So, we'll, well, I mean, we'll I do I do a weekly newsletter and it's always written. And I sent one out yesterday that was video. It's rare that I ever do video. And it does feel like video is becoming more and more the norm. The question is business owners who, if they can be comfortable in front of the camera, right? Correct. You know, and, and to actually, because there's, there's business owners ever, even people listening right now who are so passionate and so experienced. But once you get in front of that camera, now it's like, oh man, like, what do I, what do I say? What do I do? How's the lighting? You know, I mean, I have this backdrop behind me, but behind the backdrop is a very messy office. And so... Well 
I know. think Zoom is going to accelerate that because I think a lot of these people have been forced to go to Zoom and y- you are uh, in essence like in a video. And so I think yeah. uh, that's kind of breaking the ice for some people and maybe uh, they'll continue to embrace and move forward. Well, let's talk more about uh, press releases. And I, I want to get everyone on the same page. Let's start with just like the nuts and bolts. What is a press release? Uh, basically, a press release is just an announcement to the media um, about something that you feel is newsworthy. Um, it could be uh, the, the normal ones we get. We get a lot of new hires. Uh, those are probably the least effective types of press releases, but there'll be a new VP of HR. And they want to send out a press release uh, you know, sharing who that is, what their past experience is, what their duties will be, and then maybe a quote uh, from someone at the company and things like that. Could be a new product, new service, uh, you know, anything that is a milestone in a business is an opportunity for a press release. Um, that being said, uh, I've uh, been spending the last couple of years trying to convince my customers to make their own news and be a little more strategic. Um, for example, uh, you can put together a survey or a study and publish that and get a lot of media attention uh, for yourself. I've had this work for a local auto repair center in Pennsylvania. They got like almost 10 auto trade publications picked up the survey and uh, linked back to them. Um, I've, I've had it work for you know lots of different types of co- uh, companies. Um, in the case with the auto repair place, uh, they didn't know who to send it to. They, we knew that we wanted to have a survey of auto repair shops. And I suggested that they reach out to a small uh, trade association and they sent it out to their members and got like almost 800 auto repair places, uh, you know, responded. And one of the things that I had suggested was to throw a couple oddball questions in there because the media loves quirkiness. And so <laughs> they asked, uh, what was the strangest thing a customer left in the car being repaired? And uh, there was uh, a lot of strange answers, like a boa constrictor. They got a call from someone saying they left grandma in the car and they're like, we don't see anybody in the car. And they're like, oh no, she's in an urn, but her memorial's this afternoon and we need to, we need to go retrieve her. And wow. so there was a lot of little things like that. And that was the part uh, that the media really resonated with. Now, some of them covered some of the other things, but they all loved that list of, uh, I think we had 50 plus uh, weird things that were left in cars. And some of them would just publish the top 10, top 20, uh, but it was very entertaining. And you could understand why a journalist who acts as a gatekeeper would want to share that study and survey results with their audience. And that is the big aha moment that you have to figure out. What's important for you to get your news out may not be important for the journalist. So how can I position my news so that uh, it's something that the audience would want to hear about and that journalist would want to share with his audience? So there, there's obviously a bit more strategy involved here. It's, it's not like um, you're just announcing something on Facebook or like on your wall, like, hey, this happened in my business. It's really great. I mean, we're talking about being more strategic and really... Um, going along those channels of people who will create that visibility for your business. Talk to me a little bit about for the think about like the 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 life cycle of my business. You know, I've started a business, I'm selling things, I'm growing the business, maybe I'm hiring employees. Is there a certain point that I get to where now it's a good idea for me to start thinking about press releases? Really at any time is, is, is the right time for it. It's just, do you have something that's uh, entertaining and worthy of sharing? Um, you know, I've had a customer shared experience where uh, their business uh, 
which was a side business, they had full-time jobs, sort of blew up. And they spent Thanksgiving, rather than having dinner with the family, inviting the family over and them all doing fulfillment in the garage. And uh, <laughs> I told them that was a great story. And uh, it got picked up in Inc. Magazine because of that anecdote. You know, wow. Inc. Magazine, Fast Company, they love the personal story, the struggles, the startup phase, all of that. So uh, someone really early uh, can really, if they have a compelling story, get out there and share that. Anything that makes you human and breaks down the corporateness uh, is going to help you. And so many uh, business owners, when they start, want to be super professional. They want to go to the lawyer. They want to appear bigger than they are. They mm. want the best logos and stuff like that. And what I'm saying is just be real and, and own who you are and where you are. And uh, people will respond to that. Journalists love to cover um, startups, undiscovered gems. They don't like covering the big, well-funded companies because they know they can advertise. And, uh, you know, so uh, that's why startups, I think, do so well with PR because they they usually know what they're doing that's a little bit unique from everybody else. Startups generally wanting to attract funding uh, have a USP, a unique selling proposition, and they've differentiated themselves in the marketplace. And because of that differentiation, they stand a better chance, I think, of getting picked up and discovered and shared because of that. You know, you're talking about something that's a bit countercultural in, or it's it's a bit, it, it makes sense, but it's a bit counterintuitive to the new business owner or the young business owner. When I say young, they're just, they're young in the life of their business. I think you're totally right that people want to seem bigger than they are. And, and often the way it feels like the conversation is going is what people post online, for example, on social media is, you know, um, we made this much money in this brief amount of time, you know, and, and especially I got a text from a customer of mine who just the other day, who was like, Hey, you've made me so much money. And I had this temptation in my head to take that and post it. Cause that's what people do is they get the sure. text message conversation. It's like, look at all the awesome stuff that I'm doing. And I felt tempted. And I was like, I was like, no, this is not who I am. This is not what I want to do. But like, that's, that's the conversation is, you know, the, the glitz and glam that people post about, you're sort of saying, "Hey, let's let's be a bit more authentic." And not that you know, I think about a guy who was um, I was on a call with who does like web design, and uh, we got on a Zoom call, and he was in his kitchen, and he had like an open box of cereal behind him and like dirty dishes. And I thought maybe this isn't like the right place for you to film this camera, but but at least leaning into your authenticity a bit and being like, you know, hey, I'm not a multi-million dollar brand new entrepreneur. Hey, I am just starting out. Hey, you you are one of my first customers. Hey, you know, these kind of conversations, it sounds like you're saying, are actually really powerful for people who, when it comes to um, building trust with business right. owners. Right. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, being authentic, who you are, uh, you know, sharing yourself, vulnerabilities, obstacles, uh, shortfalls, coming clean with that, it makes you more relatable. And anything that you can do to relate to someone is going to create a warm experience. Uh, generally, when an article is written about you, uh, we find that the people who go to your website from that article generally have a warm feeling and want to do business with you. The thing that they never do is open a new window and say, can I get it cheaper on Amazon? They're not price shopping. They have an emotional reaction. Mm -hmm. There's been an implied endorsement by this uh, uh, news outlet covering you and they want to do business with you. And so, you know, that's the kind of uh, 
things that happen with articles uh, that don't happen with advertisements. There's like these blinders that come up with ads and we just, you know, we don't buy it. Uh, but, you know, we read about a cool Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something like that. Uh, we're like, oh, wow, this seems really cool. I want to support that. And here's money knowing I may not get the product, but I'm supporting this effort in the hopes that it does. And, uh, you know, there's no other marketplace like that. There's no other place where you can shop and say, give us your money. You may or may not get the product. And you're like, ah, cool. I'll sign up for one of those. Right. But uh, people invest in the story and the goodwill that's created from a good story. And, and that's something that happens with articles. And, uh, you know, journalists are really good about taking the nuts and bolts of a press release and, you know, crafting it into an article where uh, you can really care about a company and care about their experience. Well, surely there's, there's a level of um, expertise that goes into this. I mean, obviously, not everyone can do what you do. I mean, you've been in business for, like I said, 25 years. Uh, you've you've helped a large number of businesses. I mean, I love the the story of the auto repair shop. W let's think about the flip side. You know, when people they aren't hiring you, maybe they're trying to do their own press release. What what are some of the things that people will sometimes mistakenly do that actually creates a really um, a, a bad press release or a press release that fails to actually uh, achieve the intended effect of you know visibility for your business or getting more. Uh, traffic to your website. Um, what are some of those mistakes? What do those look like? I see so many people that pull up a press release that they found online and say, I could do the same release for my company. And what they don't realize is 95% of the releases that are out there don't do anything. And they're just, <laughs> they're, they're safe, generic press releases. They've been written out of committee. They're the new hire type of press releases that really don't do anything, but they might make the employee feel good uh, who just got hired and feel welcomed as a result of that. Um, but they're not strategic press releases. And I see so many people write safe, mediocre press releases and send them out and nothing happens. And, uh, you know, uh, an approach that you could do uh, is you could try to determine what's a blind spot in your industry and write about that. That's something that no one else is covering. Uh, we did that with a carpet company in New Jersey uh, who did five months with us uh, trying releases and nothing happened. Uh, I did tell them before they started, I didn't think that they were very newsworthy and I thought their chances of media pickup were, were poor, uh, but they said, we've got a budget for a year. And at month five, I said, I can't take your money until we come up with something better to get out there. So uh, we were talking about who their enemy was and it was the big box home improvement stores. And they just talked about how they have to market in so many different ways to sort of compete against Home Depot and Lowe's. And I said, let's do a press release on that. And uh, they got picked up in all the floor and uh, uh, trade publications. I think there was over 10 and we didn't realize there were that many, but they just came out of the woodwork. And it was because none of them were discussing marketing and mm. all of their members loved that article. And uh, they, uh, the article appeared in several different formats because it was written by the trade publications. But the overarching theme is marketing's hot and these people aren't discussing it. Two of the publications did start a marketing column uh, within six months of us sending out these releases. And we continued to send out releases and uh, they continued to get media pickup. And I said, hey, it's great you're getting this coverage. I'm concerned 
I don't think it's going to help you because your customers are in New Jersey and <laughs> these are uh, national trade publications. And they said, well, we've got something to share with you. And they gave, showed me this big binder, a book like that, filled with about 35, 40 clippings that they had printed out, color uh, copies. And they said, well, we go to people's houses and give them a quote. We now show them. We got picked up in floor covering weekly. We got picked up in this place. And then we do the same spill we always do. We might be you know, 10% uh, more expensive than Home Depot or Lowe's, but the people who install our carpets are uh, salaried people that earn benefits and uh, they have a track record of doing really good work. You won't need to have these carpets restretched in 18 months and things like that. And the padding that we use is way superior to to what the big box home improvement stores carry. And that's really the longevity of your carpet, not the actual carpet. And they said, we've always said that, but after showing them that binder and then looking through it, we started converting 20% higher than we had previously. And that's just because of that credibility that people got. They're like, you know what? It's like 10% more or a little bit more, but I feel very comfortable having them come and install it. They're nationally recognized. They're obviously, you know, worth paying a little bit more for. And so they were smarter than I was because I was thinking, this is great. I don't know how it's going to help you because we did get in a local newspaper and a, a New Jersey magazine. But outside of that, it was just national floor trade uh, publications. And it turned out they were able to uh, figure out how to get that ROI based off of that by just putting that in front of the customers. So what about like the the local tiny business owner? Maybe they just started and they've made a they've made a couple of sales, you know, and they're not necessarily service or like a, a product-based business, but they've they've sold a little bit of money. They know a little bit of money's coming in and they can kind of see, okay, there might be some legs to this. What does it look like for them to and maybe they're even listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, yeah, I, I want to do a press release. What does it look like for them to not even necessarily do a press release, but to start to get connected with those local, um, I don't know if it's like the local newspaper. Sure. I, what, what does that look like for them to start like, okay, right. how do I build traction? I would, I, would, I would advise them at that stage, they don't need a press release. They just need a newsworthy idea. And if they can craft that into a sentence or two and shoot an email, they're in business. Uh, locally, <laughs> there's probably less than 10 people who would write about you. Maybe a business magazine or newspaper, if you're lucky enough to have one in your market. Uh, the newspaper itself, if there's a, a weekly newspaper or some community newspapers, those are also a good opportunity. And maybe with TV and radio, if you're familiar with certain segments or shows that sometimes spotlight businesses, um, you would just find out who the writer is uh, at the papers and magazines, uh, call them and ask for an email address. It's not a secret. They're not trying to hide. They're trying to be accessible. They want content. They want news. They'll give you the email address if you just call. Uh, for radio and TV, once you've identified the show, call and ask who's the producer or booker of that show. You don't need to reach the host. They don't make. The, they usually don't make those decisions. And then just uh, send an email to these people. It's less than 10. Uh, as you have a newsworthy announcement, send them an email and you'll get on their radar. Uh, if you have an idea for a story and it's not about you, feel free to share that. Because if you give them a great tip and you see something trending in your industry, they'll be appreciative 
appreciative of that the next time you send them an idea for you. And so uh, that's why you see a lot of the same companies in local news and things like that, because they're doing the legwork and they're just networking and it's mm-hmm. natural and easy to do. And you don't even need to send out a press release or use a service like mine at that stage. And everybody should do that because it's so easy to just uh, get that list of 10 and, uh, or up to 10 and then just send to them on a quarterly basis and just try to be personable, short and sweet. And uh, after a while, even if they don't write about you, then if something ever comes on their radar for whom you would be a good fit, they're going to think of you and pull up that email. Well, naturally it takes, you know, for people who are listening, who are that small business owner, it takes having the confidence to actually write that email. Cause I know plenty of new entrepreneurs who are like, Oh, well, I don't know. You know, am I, is that really newsworthy? I mean, am I really like, uh, you know, selling something of good enough value to tell people about it? And the answer, of course, is yes. I mean, you have to get over that hump, but but naturally, I, I think you'd have to have a um, level of confidence to um, get out there and start talking about your product. So Yeah. And it doesn't always happen, but I've been told by several people who've done this approach that a local uh, person they wrote to responded and said, I don't think that's very strong, but have you considered this angle or would this angle apply to you? And sometimes they can act like a mentor and actually lead you into a story that uh, they would write. And so uh, just having that dialogue back and forth and that connection makes it very likely that you can, you know, hopefully create an ally who might be someone that you can sound uh, ideas across from time to time and see if they could help you come up with something. Well, Megan, this has been really interesting and really fun. And, and naturally, I think for people who are listening, they're like, yeah, okay, I could reach out to those people. I'd encourage them, hey, you should reach out to Nikki and, and hire him and have him do it for you. Uh, Mickey, for people who are listening, who are like, I'm so fascinated. I want to know more. What does it look like for them to connect with you and maybe even work with you? Sure. So uh, the website's ereleases.com. On the lower right, it's all my socials. Uh, It's my direct LinkedIn. That's a great way to send me an email directly. Um, On our website, we have chat. We also have a phone number. Uh, You'll only reach an editor. We have no salespeople, no quotas, no commissions or anything like that. Uh, We just tell you the way it is if we feel we're uh, not a good fit, uh, because sometimes there's certain industries that that there's restrictions at the newswire that's not a good fit, uh, like alternative health and stuff like that. Uh, Something are and some things are not okay. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're there. We're willing to talk to you, help you through the process. I do have a free masterclass on just press release strategies and it's uh, ereleases.com uh, forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. And it's less than an hour. If, if you watch that, you'll know more than most PR firms do about press release strategies because uh, I, I get a lot of mediocre press releases from PR firms and they themselves could go back and learn a little bit more about a strategy because uh, being strategic uh, can get you in front of so many people and get your message out there. And, uh, you know, you can leverage uh, a lot with just one press release. And uh, you know, the examples include being contrarian when everybody else is saying one thing, you want to say something completely different, but level-headed and, and reasonable because you don't want to come across as crazy. Uh, but there's so many different things like that that just work and they work again and again that people aren't utilizing. Mickey, this has been a real joy. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you.
Hey, for our listeners, I'm going to put the link to his website, ereleases.com, down in the episode description below. Also, if you've been listening to the podcast and you enjoy the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button or that follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. And hey, don't forget we're on Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, even get your business advertised on the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash goodadvice. That's patreon.com slash goodadvice. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate you and we'll catch you later. See ya.